Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Good morning. Good morning. Have you tried these? Yes. Digestive Thins for anyone listening on iTunes and is thinking, what is that? They are fantastic. I think modern food engineering, because it's become so aggressively split tested, has started to take the classics that we know and love and just modify the ratios slightly to make it something delicious and greater than the sum of its parts the other one is jaffa cake balls so i think i've tried those and they are very good incredible like more dark chocolate more squishy none of the fuss the the digestive thing i think with stuff like that i always just think they're trying to trick people I think they do because you end up like they're smaller, but you end up eating more than twice as many. So that that's it. I don't think anyone ha- thinks like oh, I was going to have a digestive, but it's okay. I'll have two thins instead. Do Small I mean? food, I think, is far more dangerous. Like okay, even potatoes. Like you know that like if you ate a, a big baked potato compared mm-hmm. to loads of little ones with rosemary and um, mm-hmm. butter. Mm. Oh, I see what you mean. So that's like the satiety thing. The, the example with satiety that I always think of is potato, like dry baked potato versus buttery mashed potato. Same quantity, which you're likely to eat, to eat quicker and which is more likely to be most filling. Yeah, exactly. Which one can you just plough down? Go, and going, go yeah. But yeah, like all all of these, um, all of these, like, and they're they're always the same calories, aren't they? More or less. Is it like per 100 grams? I imagine it's the same calories. It's just a different shape. Probably slightly different because there's, I bet, there's a bit more dark chocolate on them. Um, they've increased the surface area of biscuit, haven't they? Basically, five hundred calories per hundred grams. How many grams in the packet? Two hundred. I've just nailed the whole thing. Oh my god! So, it's a thousand calories in the box. Yeah, you don't even think about it, do you? That's astounding. So yeah. I would have thought, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you just put away a thousand. So while we were on the call prior to this. You've done a thousand calories of biscuit. I'd, I'd eaten a few before, but something else, something else that I saw recently was: Have you? So there's a trend now where they take pros in their field and sit them in front of like fails of that type. Oh, so, I've like, seen that. They'll On take YouTube. like yes, yeah, so they'll take like builders, like professional builders, and show them like people doing crap DIY. Mm-hmm. Or today was it a chef? being shown like people trying to cook at home and just messing things up and he's like what is it doing to the pizza oh he's a bro he's burning the pizza just throw it in the bin <laughs> absolutely great i've seen the ones where it's like um navy seal sniper reviews um like f- top five war scenes and then like you know the guy who did free solo Do you know him like alex yeah, a bit of a psychopath 
yeah, he's very, like where they show him like pictures of war and all these things, and he doesn't have an emotional response on an MRI. But yeah, like they showed him climbing scenes, and like the things he picks out, he's like, man, like it's so unreasonable to like imply that brand because everyone knows what that brand is, that orange clip. Like now everyone thinks it's that brand's fault that this guy's fallen when actually like it was the way that he positioned it in the just like bloody hell like it's amazing how much he knows about his specific thing i love seeing people just in their element of, mm, pro- of, of professionalism um and that's that's really what what uh we wanted <laughs> to do today because john is that why you asked is that why you brought that up well no but it segues very <laughs> very nicely into that which is uh the fact that johnny is the most impressive person that i've seen in i mean in in many ways of course but but particularly with anything to do with spreadsheets. <laughs> All right, okay. And Facebook ads, just he just sees through numbers in the matrix and is able to just go, but that's the problem. And so um, what we wanted to talk about today, um, among the reams of content that Johnny's done behind the paywall and in front of the paywall about running Facebook ads, but particularly how to avoid facebook ads being banned mm. it's a bit of a minefield hot potato yeah Is that what that was? so well we before we did this johnny's concern was um about the legal ramifications. well not the legal ramifications but like yeah. if if someone was to get their ad account banned as a result of listening to the advice here we've got to say like this is only relevant for the year 2020 and based on our experience like these companies often change their policies and well so i think the the evergreen advice is read their policies because those are those are always updating they don't like some of it is obfuscated and not not that overtly defined by them so like something might get banned for a reason and you're looking at it thinking i don't think it does say that but a lot of it's algorithmic a lot of it's done by a bot so it's not always a human making a decision it's a a computer making a decision but a lot of it like if you read just read the policies very very carefully and try and think try and think of it from their perspective not yours then suddenly you're like all right yeah you know of course that that thing's non-compliant but um this i think facebook advertising what it was like when we started i remember the first facebook ad we ran you probably can't but i can remember like in fact you know what you know the other day you added me to a Facebook group called Editor's Discussion. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So we used to have a Facebook group where for some reason, and I don't really know why, I think it was influenced by T Nation, we all called ourselves editors. Like the editors were the the like the, the board of directors that ran propane. Whereas um, now it's founder, CEO, uh, chairman. Best selling entrepreneur, doctor the accountant um but yeah so the uh there was a post in there where i said like i've just spent this much on ads or something like that i was like wow it was back in like 2010 2011 maybe okay maybe a bit later you were still in your accountancy training at that point i maybe maybe it was a bit later it's weird though isn't it to think back to that far but anyway so like you know things have changed a lot in terms of what isn't isn't allowed like stuff people were doing back then um versus what you can and can't do now has changed a lot so 
what would you i guess you ask me some questions because this is a massive topic like, yeah, yeah sure so so i suppose like the step one is like understanding the the basics of um the numbers which i think for you as an accountant like it's it's just clear as day for you and, and i know you've got other bits of content on that but then when you talked about compliance with the the regulations this is as you said it's about empathy and recognizing like okay what would the company want to avoid as the worst case scenario mm. happening and uh you know we we were talking about this the other day in like a, in a hospital setting where sometimes like discharging someone who's just overdosed on loads of paracetamol and giving them paracetamol they may they may well not have any ongoing suicidal intent you know this was a problem i actually had a couple of weeks ago um but it's not about that it's about how would it look if you did do it and then something went wrong and then looking at the paperwork it's like oh god well this that's a bit awkward so from a facebook perspective it's like there are many from what i understand from you there's many exploitable um things within creating ads that when they get exploited facebook will often pick up on it and be like oh that's a bit dodgy let's stop that from being allowed in future yeah yeah well so i suppose they it's a, it's thinking like what is a what is a person who is trying to abuse a consumer likely to do so like what are they trying to do they're trying to avoid a bad user experience so what does a bad user experience look like and then how do we stop that from happening as often as possible? And obviously Facebook have been in the media a lot for, you know, all the Cambridge Analytica stuff and people thinking that they're involved in elections and political things. Um, and so they are trying to ultimately optimize for time on screen. And so if they're optimizing for time on screen, then that feeds into positive user experience and keeping someone engaged on the platform and someone seeing an ad that upsets them or a piece of content that upsets them or giving them a bad like purchase experience and all these sorts of things that leads to, well, that creates like these 10 things, these 10, these flags that we would look out for that a, a scammer, for example, might do. And then how do we block those or prevent somebody from doing those things? That's interesting. So, the, so like one of the examples of like having blanket rules that seem simple but then they get exploited and then over time as they update things they have to refine these rules a bit more would be uh, cambridge analytica or the fake news situation where mm. you've got people wanting to maximize on screen time and then the parties that are putting content up will think well the best way to do that based on the emotions that um are evoked in the reader is outrage because outrage is the most um, highest engagement type of of content that you can put out. I think, well, how do I maximize outrage? Well, I'm no longer held to the standards of truth. I don't have to say anything that's true. I just need to say, say things that are really mental. Mm -hmm. You're like, whoa, that's I'm commenting on this. So then, fake news just comes about as a result. It's just like, well, it, you know, it's not it's not malicious. It's just like, well, how do I get the most comments and get the most whatever? It's to just post ridiculous, absurd news articles and yeah. get people commenting yeah and yeah and the, the polarity attracts two sides of an argument generally which is hence polarity polarizing so like anytime something is doing that it is more likely to gain discussion comments and engagement 
which is that word that everyone talks about online. And why is that important? Well, again, it maximizes time on screen. Like keeps me coming back to the app to check into the app if someone's commented on my blah, 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 blah. So again, it all comes back to like, if you were the CEO of any one of these social platforms and you are given the remit of stakeholders and shareholders are all linking up to this core goal, which we assume is time on screen. So the amount of time as a user uses your platform, um, then what does that mean you have to do to the to the fit pro who's spending 20 pounds a day on ads, right? Who says something that's a little bit close to the bone or who does something that might make someone scrolling through their newsfeed like while they're sat like on the toilet one morning feel a bit shit about themselves, right? Are you going to think, oh, well, you didn't mean it or they didn't mean it or are you going to think, gone, right? Uh, okay, so so philosophically then, you've got two choices as, as an advertiser. You could either be the like the guy who is close to the bone all the time, like really just riding mm-hmm. the line of what's acceptable and running the risk, well, getting a higher conversion on your ads or higher exposure, but running the risk of just getting your ad account shut down or um, staying very, very much in the kind of trodden path and staying away yeah. from things that and are And some risk- of it, I suppose, where people get concerned is like there are words that there are phrases and words you can say which and and like the reaction as well for example before and afters those are like the thing that everyone especially in fitness they know that you can't post a before and after everyone's like yeah yeah but my results are real and i actually got that result so it's not i'm not misrepresenting again that's not the point like think back to what what might someone who is misrepresenting what might they do right well if someone was to exploit it yeah so it's opening up a, a loop a potential loophole for somebody to take advantage of because we've all seen before and afters that have been doctored. So Facebook either say, well, either right, we need a board of, a, of like an independent board here who are going to look at all the before and afters who are like medically trained and have a lot of experience who are going to say, yes, no, like that person's clearly just taking loads of Clen and that's how they've got that lean. But that person's promoting something that doesn't involve using Clen. We shouldn't allow that. Ban the ad, right? It's just easier for them, easier life for them especially when you've got like Jaguar running ads about their, the latest car, like uh, who, you know, who are they going to give preferential treatment to in the newsfeed? Yeah. So, so why is it important then to have um, a kind of philosophical underpinning or like un- understanding the, the principles rather than this podcast just being like, here's three tactics to not get your ad account banned. So Facebook have this uh, like guideline, which is every time somebody makes a, ad course like a course in advertising as soon as they've finished it it's out of date right which i know by definition is the case but like the point is the the goalposts are moving constantly um so like uh, for example to give you an example of this a round of people running ads on uh, facebook have just run into a violation called the circumvention violation which is that like they think that um you are trying to prevent facebook from like looking at your website and looking at what you're doing some uh landing page software will like redirect the home page so let's say you have uh an offer which is uh personaltrainer.com forward slash download right and when you go to that it's a, it's a landing page and it's compliant you can download your thing they might also then try to go to personaltrainer.com and if it when it does that it then auto direct auto redirects to something that isn't that 
that would be deemed as a circumvention violation, right? So a lot of people have been doing this without any problems up until very recently. And suddenly, presumably because like, they've had a bad experience with someone who's done some circumvention tactics, suddenly everyone's been had, had ads banned for that reason. So goalposts have moved. So if you just focus on a single point in time of like, these are the five things I need to do, you just, tomorrow you're out of date. Next week you're out of date. So you have to try and firstly stay current. But secondly, if you view it from what does a scammer look like? What does a bad user of the ad platform do? What might their attributes be? How do I not be that? Then it's far easier to, to have a kind of a framework for operating than think, well, I can do all these naughty things, but as long as I don't press that button, then I don't get, then I can still play the game. Right. So it's like overall principles of consistency. Yeah. And to avoid the, the circumvention act, for example. And I, and I should say, like, you know, I'm not the the, fa- the fountain of knowledge of this stuff. Like we we run into problems. I'm sure we'll have further problems. Um, it's just a case of of like trying to approach it as how do I bring it back to first principles and how do I try and stay compliant as much as I can. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so I think a lot of people might be thinking like, well, you're sounding very risk averse here. What's the, mm-hmm. like, why can't I just go full YOLO on my ads and just see what happens? And then worst case, I'll just set up a new account. Well, I mean, you can, <laughs> if you want to. Like, but what, what's, what's the impact of... of so there's, um, there's, there's just degrees of, um, there's degrees of difficulty with everything, right? So like, let's say you take that attitude like i'm gonna shoot from the hip and if i get banned i get banned and if i do then i'm gonna like buy a new laptop and set up a new profile and um set up a like a new ad account and everything from scratch like firstly wait hang on i have to buy a new laptop <laughs> so that's uh, some advice is, is that i'm taking um, very devil's advocate here <laughs> yeah i know so some advice that people give is like we don't know what they've banned right so bearing in mind that you are operating in the in the the world of some of the if not the smartest like people in the tech industry so if they decide that they don't want you on their platform and you think well i'm just going to set i'll open an incognito window and still operate on their platform like chances are if they don't want you on their platform you're not going to be on their platform so people go all the way down to like setting up a new business a new company and doing all these sorts of things to try and bypass the rules so you can do that if you want to but it's just a lot more difficult, right? And you t- trace it back to like the source of the problem of here I am setting up a new business to try and run advertising because I wanted to go yellow with my ad. Like, so, so you, you can do that. It's like, I could drink drive. I could, oh. you know, there's <laughs> loads of things you could, you could test the rules with. It's like, are you happy with the, if that goes wrong? So now like, how much do you get from that? So I think that's it. Like people don't, maybe like a lot of people wouldn't recognize the the consequence of like, if I, you know, have to go and get a new laptop and then potentially like, if, if you take that to the nth degree, you're not like, I have to go to a different city, hook onto a different Wi-Fi, yeah. different IP address. But then accidentally, if I open the laptop and it's, mm-hmm. and it connects to my home Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing again. is like, we, it gets described a lot as the black box, right? So we don't really know what, what they do. And it, it, it makes sense that we don't know what they do because if, if they reveal all the rules, then people would just expect them to break them. Exactly. So, so it's in their interest then to keep people very cautious and very on their toes and staying in the middle yeah. of the road. Yeah. But so I think like we, we had a conversation about this, like probably a year ago now of like, 
it's never really a good idea to be reliant on on anything in business. So like one of the first things you talk about, probably in any business degree, like we've both seen it before, is this SWOT analysis, right? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You're just looking very blank. You've done it. You yeah, that, that was uh, just like all of my first year. Yeah, yeah, stop talking about SWOT. Which analysis. I was asleep for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you look at an internet business, right? So a lot of, a lot of offline businesses, the SWOT analysis recently, like in threats is lockdown right? What happens if, and weaknesses is, well, I'm reliant on my location being open for me to operate and generate revenue. So like an online business doesn't have that, but an online business still needs people to be there, which is traffic, right? So if you're running advertising and that is, that's like the gym that, that you stuff and I run on the internet, right? That's going to get shut down. So there's always that risk. So being, um, what's the word? Diversified, right? Yeah. Having multiple, multiple ways that you can get people to see what you're doing um, is, definitely prudent so something we've been experimenting with is different ad platforms as well just because i suppose what all of this comes down to is once you understand that you just have to buy a unit of attention or acquire a unit of attention so in advertising world that's a thousand impressions right everything is billed and priced as a thousand impressions so if I want to get a thousand impressions, which just means a thousand people to see, or I want to serve an ad, an image and some text on some news feeds a thousand times today, I could build my Instagram audience or go on Twitter and get trending or trending on LinkedIn or post a YouTube video, all these different things. Or I could buy that unit of attention, but I can buy that unit of attention from lots of different places. But the fundamental problem is if I can't get the money back from the money I spent on the unit of attention, then I have to have an infinite pot of money. Right. So that's why the systems that happen post advertising matter. But I think trying to stay compliant means that you can continue to buy units of attention, which means you can save your time, which means you don't have to be building these audiences. It's a very long winded answer. And I can't right. remember the question. Well, no, that, that makes sense. So, you, so, so principle number one is read the guidelines, read the policies. Definitely. Um, principle two is don't like push the limits, or if you do, recognize that there's consequences to doing that. Um, yeah. Or like push push the limits, but understand like why you're doing it. So yes, you might say, oh, I'm going to say something really polarizing and, and aggressive in my ad, but like, what are you trying to change? Are you trying to get a better click-through rate? Great. But like, are you trying to get a better click-through rate or something that you know works? Because if not, then like, not just don't the take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So, so, so then number two is know your numbers. Mm-hmm. And then number three is derive the tactics that you use based on your risk profile and based on where how safe you think you're you're going to be with that tactic and whether it's pointing to a funnel that's already converting or not yeah so if, if joe rogan was to like start running facebook ads to promote his podcast and he got his ad account shut down tomorrow like you still be able to operate his podcast i imagine okay so there's there's principle four then which is as you said hedge your 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 traffic mm-hmm. um which both with, so with paid and organic, so either hedging between paid and organic, but also within paid and within organic to have multiple <laughs> sources of traffic so that you're not entirely reliant on YouTube. For example, we just, we just talked about someone who got their YouTube channel um, cancelled because of uh, it was doing like sex education. It's like, that's it's a risky topic and you're going to have a higher number of flags on there. So again, it's kind of coming back to principle number two like be careful of your youtube must have had something happen 
I don't know when, like over the last year or so, because you've got to mark every video now as being suitable and not suitable for children. I don't know why that came in. Do you know why that came in? It was, so actually, <clears throat> I think it's partly because of a trend of people making videos that were ostensibly for kids. But, and it was like Spider-Man wearing a morph suit and stuff, but they were just like humping each other and doing stuff that was completely right. like unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But um, because it was seen as a kid's video, like no, none of the human um, reviewers looked at the video. <laughs> so now they've got to, they've tried to crack down a bit more. So there you go, there's a perfect example, right, of like how these policies come to be. So people look at that and like, my video is safe for children. What a weird thing to have to do. But because then, they were weirdos. Yeah. So that it always comes from, like, it all, all basically all rules in life are, are created because somebody did something that caused a negative outcome. So like, right, well, we've got to put a stop to that. How do we, well, create a rule to stop the thing that caused the problem from happening again. And that's most of these policies are created like that. Because someone went and ruined it for it. Well, I, there's a yeah. building that, uh, that I know that's now stopped the down escalator because someone fell down it so now both escalators go up which i think personally is more dangerous because then you can just fall down infinitely you can never <laughs> fall down the escalator if the rates match yeah i mean i'd be a fairly fast escalator i would have thought for it to ca- consistently catch and keep checking me yeah i suppose it depends on the rate of fall doesn't it yeah but, but potentially infinite you fall. Can fall down an escalator regardless of which way it's going surely yeah, it's just that there's an end to the to the down escalator. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, an, it's the same distance, right? It's just the stairs are moving in a different direction. So, like, you're right that. So, have you, have you seen that? This is a huge tangent. Have you seen the um, the TV series on Netflix called The Staircase? No, but you told me about it. I need to get yeah. on that. A guy gets accused of murder of his wife because she fell down the stairs and died. Right, and people arrive at the scene and they're like, "Come on, mate." Like she fell down the stairs and look at the amount of blood. Like says, really, you, you're taking the piss. And then like you d- get into it and you realize she fell down the stairs backwards and hit her head. And for some reason, hearing that sentence, like she fell down the stairs backwards, completely flips it in my head for me. Because like, imagine falling down the stairs backwards. Horrendous. It, yeah, it'd be really bad. I, I think I've got close. Like if I'm carrying stuff okay. and the stairs are really steep and you, yeah. But like, what can you do? Like, you're going to hit your head. You're going to have a fairly significant impact on something. when you. Mm. So anyway, I think you're right. Yes, but I think you need to put a stop to that. Change your policies. Well, there we go. So, so yeah. So I, I guess how to stop ads getting disproved. Um, some of it's experimenting. Some, so some of it is, like, finding, like, what are the rules of the, of the, the game I'm playing? And how do I try and stay within the rules? And then there's kind of being creative within the rules as well. So there's there's things that um, it's trying to understand, like why why would they disapprove things and what might they want not want on the platform? Um, and then if something does get disapproved, trying to troubleshoot why that might be and thinking, well, what am I trying to communicate here? This is obviously assuming that the people here are not selling like a weight loss powder that has no chance of working. And, you know, they're, they're at the core of it, they're selling something that is helping somebody. But it's like, well, how do I communicate that message? Well, how might I get the same thing across using different language or using like an idiom or a, an analogy, something that perhaps like a, a, 
a bot scanning this may not pick up or even a human reading this may think that's you know reasonable um versus like drop eight pounds guaranteed by tomorrow you know like obviously things like that are going to cause problems and upset people it's it's kind of great that um yes it, it's a bit more of a ball ache to create but on a global scale it's great that the market is moving in that direction and the same thing's happening with youtube as well that we're moving more from uh data metrics to user behavior metrics and as a result youtube videos that rank best are not necessarily the ones that nail the tag or the keyword or um, whatever will have like a thumbnail of boobs and then people <laughs> click on it and it's nothing to do with boobs um it's now more to do with how long someone watches the video and that's much harder to hack and so as a result the, the quality of the market goes up overall because um, in the past you know you could say like crazy prank in the hood gone sexual and the the thumbnail would be boobs and it would, it would just be like a fake thing that's all just a, but they would rank top on the search term because they've got they tick all the boxes mm. um yeah so. and it's better for everyone if um if it's optimized for video time watch right like if the best videos are the ones that everyone's watched then surely everybody like the content being made is of a higher quality and then the user experience is better and then the people watch the videos that they want to watch and then they get served more of the better content that of you know and the whole thing just improves versus like here i am sort of clicking on something thinking it's about something useful and suddenly i'm being shown this like weird thing or like a three minute video that someone's clearly put an effort into but it's got 10 million views yeah it's, it's like the currency is now on, on youtube especially it's like the, if something's got a million views you you give it a couple of minutes of your time don't you to see if it's any good that's true um and and also like it previously used to be that it was if if the video was ten minutes long that would that would do better whereas now it's not so much about the length of time it's just it needs to be as long as it needs to be for the content to be got across mm. the people were like fluffing out their videos and something that should have been a twenty second video they would extend out to ten minutes or they'd even loop the same portion over and over again um, to try and hack the algorithm the Which same now, thing no Sorry. one's gonna like no one's going to watch a 20 second thing on loop for the whole video and um, improve the user metric. Does it account for if someone like skips forward? I know you, I know you're not YouTube, uh, so I don't know. You, I know you don't know the answer. But. I, yeah. I've wondered that myself. Um, and yeah, I, I wonder whether it's like time on page or progress Probably. through the video because yeah. like I watch everything on triple speed. So I must be like a third. As the, yeah. Well, no, I think probably time on page is the most. I think if you and I were designing it, we'd pick time on page, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. Because actually, someone who skips forward it. is actually worse. Like if I if I skip the first twenty minutes of the video, like what does that say about the video? Very true. Yeah, because that's like oh well, there's just there's a lot of bump at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we we weren't advertising at the time on Facebook, but apparently it used to be the case that like, you know, people would put up sort of a, like a, a semi-erotic image to grab the attention and then it would totally U-turn into like an affiliate marketing thing. Yeah. Um, so we've come from there to where we are now. And like o- 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 across that, that time, the people at the compliance 
department of Facebook are constantly having to like troubleshoot, troubleshoot, solve and solve. Um, it's becoming more, keep everybody happy. more refined. Well, so I think Twitter is the least regulated out of the... Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I've noticed that the promoted posts that can get to the top of the feed are often like very kind of 90s BuzzFeed type stuff. Like, I can't believe she did this. You'll never believe what happened next. Oh, really? And it's like a picture of someone like with their like boobs pushed up into a thing and, and like a picture of an airport. And, and you're like, this is all just like, they clearly just have free reign to do what they want. Yeah. Like, um, diver finds shipwreck at the bottom of the ocean. You won't believe what he found inside. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you're like, someone's paying money to promote this. And then you click on it and it it is just like binary options trading, um, whatever. So So. there, there there are entire categories, I think that aren't allowed on Facebook these days. Like I don't think trading opportunities are i don't think any crypto bitcoin stuff is um and it like i can kind of see why right like everyone's seen a, an article of someone who got scammed into some kind of um trading related thing and then lost their life savings and that sort of stuff so it's like again what does a bad user experience look like one minute i'm on facebook the next minute i've lost my life savings <laughs> yeah there we how do we stop that from happening um Cool. I think, yeah, the just the, the parting thing because a ton of people I speak to are basically on in the camp of. So I don't speak to many people who are successfully, consistently on a monthly basis spending money on advertising as a like an online fitness coach or even an offline fitness coach. And I think a lot of people think that the reason for that is some kind of tweak or tactic that they need to be doing on facebook or on the ad platform that they pick and it almost never is the case because there are just parameters that you can't change so the cpm that i mentioned before like basically the price to run ads in certain industries you're going to just have to pay a certain amount to get someone to click on an ad like there's only so much you can move that in and so that means that that where you're sending the clicks the setup of that has to be such that you at least stand a chance of at least making your money back. And if you don't have that set up, it doesn't matter how optimized the ads are. Uh, most people I speak to anyway are kind of are in that camp where the ads are actually great. You know, the numbers they're getting on their ads are great, um, but they're still losing a lot of money on advertising. And it's because people click and then it's like, um, buy my program immediately or people click and it's like, download my recipe book and then, hope they do something later but we, no one knows when um so that's when like the customer journey stuff comes in and i guess that's the rest of this podcast right is all the stuff we talk about um but that's where to focus the attention it's like in propane business we don't teach ads to people until they've brought customers in most of the time because it's only going to augment the current results that they're getting it's putting fuel on it yeah what is the example i use it's like multiplying something by two like if you multiply zero by two Still zero. Yeah. So there is a there is a really good analogy used for that. Your uh, petrol on a fire. If you pour petrol on like just wood, then you've just got wet wood. <laughs> if you pour petrol on a fire, <laughs> then love it. Yeah. But, so that's exactly it, and that's why like, um, it, you know, if somebody like Joe Rogan was to nail an ad strategy, it would probably do really well. 
right? Because there's, there's an underlying, like clearly something's working underneath it all. Um, it's the same as people who have, you know, people who have uh, like influencers have the opposite problems. They've got all the traffic they could ever want, but they they don't know how to convert the traffic. So it's like they've got free con- free traffic to you know for as much as they could ever possibly need. Which is an advertiser's dream if they have a, a funnel and a product. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's like they're both frustrated at the problems of the opposite party. Mm-hmm. And then you go and like look at how many followers we have on Instagram, and then wonder how we do this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's uh, it's just because you have a separate account, which is just bum pics. And that's where all the pop-ins from. Bum picks. Bum picks. <laughs> well, Johnny, I, I've learned a lot from this podcast. Yeah. I've learned that... Um, the surface learned. area of digestive thins. It's greater than the surface the, the, the normal ones, yeah. I would love to know the the comparison because the CPM equivalent is the, calorie, is the, the calories per 100 grams. It's like a normalizing variable. But the question is how many things can i have for a, a one digestive well the the click is how much satiety isn't it so cost per click must be uh you know what? Per... i'm gonna look it up <laughs> they're just chocolate they're dark chocolate those ones aren't they dark chocolate yeah so higher fat here's a question for you how many milligrams of caffeine would you recommend as a not as a doctor but as a doctor would you recommend someone consumes on a daily basis? I mean, I am very low caffeine. I've had mm. 40 milligrams today and that's a high day for me. So that's two, <laughs> two green teas. Um, but. <laughs> Sorry. Have you just stubbed your toe? No, it was my knee. I was like crossing my <laughs> leg and hit my knee. Um, but I think I wouldn't want to go more than 200 or 300 a day. Um, there are some cardioprotective and neuroprotective benefits of of coffee, but I don't know whether they are specifically because of the caffeine or because of the um, other compounds in. Because a lot of with a lot of things like this, there's loads of cofactors in the whole food equivalent of the active ingredient that help with absorption and help with all the other kind of stuff too. That's why, like people say, rather than supplementing iodine have iodine containing foods because you're going to get a more of a complete nutritional mm. solution it's like a downside to multivitamins right yeah because you just, just eat a better diet so I, I was just looking into it yesterday so i'm i mean this is again way off topic 84 calories by, by the way apparently in a uh, milk or dark chocolate milk or dark chocolate digestive biscuit per biscuit so there's 31 calories per one here so you can just about do three and yeah. then say, yeah. But three just flies. It's got the calories between friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's three, like, so I wouldn't say if I ate a biscuit, and this is the problem with biscuits. If I ate a biscuit, if someone, if I was taken into a room, given some sort of, like, you know, the, 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 the flash pen they use on Men in Black where they made people forget things, gave me a biscuit, did that, and then went, have you just eaten a biscuit? Unless I could taste it, like we'll get the residue i just wouldn't be able to tell or for the rest of the day which is ridiculous like that's such a bad trade for 84 calories it's dangerous isn't it do you think yeah. it's greater with three of them are you like mm, yeah bit of a meeting event there 
I don't think it is. And this is why, like, Nick Foxall, um, who is a, a strong man that would just pound food, he, he'd have a pack of digestives in a jar of honey before bed because it's just, like, easy snack. Go on. That'll be, so, like, 1,500 calories? Probably something like that. Honey's probably a bit more potent than that, actually. Jar of honey, yeah. Jar. 300 grams of sugar. So that's 1,200 Whoa. calories just in itself. I bet you just drop off to sleep, though. <laughs> I bet he doesn't have any trouble sleeping yeah blood sugar at 30 um, yeah so I was looking in, into caffeine um, and like what is a recommended dose before it like starts to mess with your sleep and 2 milligrams per, per kilo of body weight was kind of the thrown around number okay which is a which is a big drop for me so I'd probably be normally like half a, at least half a gram I mean you're a caffeine veteran as well so uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've been around the block. Whereas well, you, I feel like you were you were like special forces, and then you had a really bad experience, and now you're like you're like a lollipop lady. Yeah, who's who's just got a bit of pain behind her eyes, like she's been she's seen things. And someone will like will be like a loud car alarm, and you'll get flashbacks and like. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. And I don't even drink coffee. What a what a one day, one day I'm going to take you for a big double like double shot americano. Just make sure you've um, you've got medical help ready. Got the defibrillator and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. So there are some strategies to not get your Facebook ads declined. Yes. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run? build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.